Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey, welcome back to a healthy bite. Today we are talking about how to make the most out of breakfast. Now you may be on one or uh, the other end of the spectrum here, whether you skip breakfast or you eat a huge hearty breakfast fit for a king. There will be something for you in this podcast, so make sure you stick with me through the entire podcast. I will try to make it a healthy bite and not a full meal, so let's get started. So I want to convince you of one thing, if nothing else, and that is if you eat a carb-heavy breakfast, your body will use those carbs as a source of fuel and not your fat stores, which will prevent weight loss. Also, eating a lot of carbs at breakfast can raise your blood sugar levels. So most breakfast cereals and uh, pastries are just empty carbs, and they are usually filled with genetically modified sugar and possibly other unhealthy foods like uh, hydrogenated oils and such. You are probably not getting a very healthy breakfast. So try replacing cereal, toast, bagels, and things like that with protein shakes, eggs, or non-traditional breakfasts like smoked salmon or even beans. So if you start including protein at your breakfast meals, I believe that you will be feeling better and you will possibly be able to avoid that afternoon slump. So I want to go over how I recommend making the most out of breakfast. And by far, one of the biggest mistakes that I think we make with breakfast is eating a typical breakfast food. And that's because so many of them are actually just overprocessed wheat and sugar. And the standard American breakfast typically consists of pancakes, waffles, cereal, toast, muffins, bagels, or fast food sandwiches, which are by far some of the worst choices we can put on our breakfast plate. And these processed carb choices are frequently paired with a huge serving of orange juice, which is just creating a metabolic disaster all day long. So in turn, this is creating excess body fat and diseases that are related to obesity. While many experts have actually started to stress the need for more protein, they often forget to warn folks that it's also not good to eat too many carbs. So metabolic syndrome is a set of conditions that are believed to increase your risk for heart disease and diabetes. So over a third of Americans are actually believed to be affected by metabolic syndrome. Insulin resistance syndrome or insulin resistance is another term that is often used to explain metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is most often caused by a sedentary lifestyle and being overweight. However, there are other risk factors, including um, aging. So as we get older, uh, our risk factors do increase for metabolic syndrome. And there are other risk factors as well, including a family history of diabetes or a personal medical history that includes gallstones, sleep apnea, and others. But 
Don't think that the metabolic syndrome is only limited to those of us who are aging because more and more children are actually developing metabolic syndrome due to a rise in childhood obesity. What happens is the pancreas secretes insulin and in turn, insulin then regulates the nutrients in the bloodstream and has a significant impact on blood sugar management as well as fat and protein metabolism. So when we consume a meal that's high in simple carbohydrates, like most of these cereals and pastry type breakfasts, the pancreas compensates by releasing insulin into the bloodstream. The insulin communicates to the cells to pick up sugars that are in the bloodstream. And next, the sugar brought along by the bloodstream gets stored in the cells for later use. Sometimes though, cells will stop responding to the insulin correctly, and this is what we call insulin resistant. And then the pancreas starts to produce more insulin to bring those blood sugar levels back down. And often this will develop over an extended period of time, but the more resistant the more insulin and blood sugar levels continue to rise. Damage to the pancreas can then occur um, when the organ just can't keep up anymore. And it's at this point when blood sugar levels start to exceed a certain threshold and type 2 diabetes develops. Insulin resistance can actually happen when a high intake of processed carbs Inflammation in the body, sedentary lifestyle, and imbalance of gut bacteria and other risk factors are present. So it's really important to maintain a healthy weight to avoid the chance of becoming insulin resistant. And I have a post on That Organic Mom that is 14 ways we or 14 things we do to prevent uh, metabolic syndrome. And these are 14 tips or strategies that I implement for myself and my husband to help us avoid metabolic syndrome. I will put the link to that post in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Believe it or not, just losing three to 5% of your current body weight can lower your risk for metabolic syndrome. So it's important to take steps to reduce insulin resistance. So make sure you check out that list of the 14 ways to reduce metabolic syndrome, the risk of metabolic syndrome. But keep in mind when we're talking about breakfast, that protein is a one of the keys to actually losing weight. Now, too much protein can cause a problem as well as too little. So I have a a PDF breakfast guide that you can download that actually has a formula for calculating how many grams of protein your body needs. Getting the right balance of protein at breakfast can keep you from feeling hungry earlier in the day by reducing your cravings and boosting your metabolism. In this way, protein actually helps to control weight and will also help you avoid regaining the weight that you have already lost if you're following a weight loss plan. So cutting carbs and replacing them with healthy proteins and fats is a very effective way to lose weight and control your appetite. Eating protein also improves our performance and research shows that starting the day with a high quality protein source can even improve anxiety disorders in some people. 
protein and the amino acids that they provide are the primary building blocks of your muscles, bones, enzymes, and many of the body's hormones. So uh, protein is key for healthy muscles and bones, and it's essential for life. But keeping that protein balance is also really important. So um, we want to avoid diet fads that contain too few proteins and also those that recommend consuming too many. So both of those can hinder your health goals. So it's important to actually calculate the right amount of protein for your body. So we don't want to have too much or too little. Again, you can um, download the step two breakfast guide from my website and use the formula there to calculate how many grams of protein your body needs on a daily basis. You may actually be surprised how easy it is for those grams of protein to add up. And so it's, it's helpful when you're starting out to use an app to track your foods like chronometer or my fitness pal or another type. You can even use a written journal where you calculate how much protein. Um, it's really a good idea to track your macros sometimes so that you get a, an idea of, you know, how balanced your diet actually is. So you might consider doing that. And this guide that I'm, um, and this guide that I have available on my website for breakfast also includes a lot of suggestions for good sources of protein. And some of them may surprise you because I don't subscribe to the traditional breakfast food um, menu plan. I will eat any food that I particularly want at that moment for breakfast. Something that I make a lot of times is a breakfast stew because it's really easy and convenient to put some meat and bone broth and vegetables in my crock pot or instant pot at night and turn it on, set it and forget about it. And then when I wake up in the morning, I have a nice, healthy, nutritious, well-balanced breakfast stew ready that is quicker and easier than grabbing a pastry or eating a bowl of cereal. Studies actually show that um, a lot of people unconsciously eat the same meals over and over. So what I recommend is just find a handful of breakfast meals that have the right balance of macros and just rotate those. But if you're like me and you enjoy a wide variety of different recipes, you might invest in a cookbook that focuses on breakfast, um, not your traditional breakfast, or you could focus on a cookbook that uh, has protein recipes. I have a couple of those. I have some recommendations. I think we've even used one in the Tasty Bite Cookbook Club. And if you don't know what that is, I'll leave details in the show notes because if you're a foodie like me, you'll want to join my online cookbook club. So that's a fun new way to just, you know, experience other types of foods and play around in the kitchen. I love getting creative when it comes to breakfast because it doesn't have to look like a traditional breakfast to be good for you. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Many of the traditional breakfast foods really are not the best choices, as I mentioned earlier. So try making a stew for breakfast or eating um, a nice piece of grilled salmon with asparagus. There's no reason why you can't have that for breakfast. So, and for those of us who, like I said, intermittent fasting, it can be a healthy option 
for people who do not have significant health challenges like adrenal fatigue or a thyroid disorder. But if you do decide to practice intermittent fasting, I highly recommend checking with your physician first just to make sure that you are healthy and that your body has um, enough nutrients that you're not deficient in iron or magnesium or B vitamins because sometimes we are deficient in some of these nutrients without realizing it and um, fasting could possibly tip the scales Um, not in your favor. So it's important to make sure you know where you're starting out. And if you get um, a clean bill of health from your physician, then go for it. Uh, Intermittent fasting can be a very healthy practice. So just make sure that you start it from a very informed place. And then last of all, for those of you who cannot imagine skipping cereal for breakfast, opt for healthier cereals, those that contain a higher serving of protein, fiber, and no sugar. So uh, I have a cereal recommendation. I do not eat cereal very often, but I do purchase this one keto cereal that I use in recipes mainly for desserts because I'm not really a traditional cereal type person. Like I don't eat cereal for breakfast, but I do enjoy this cereal as a crunchy snack or a dessert sometimes. And if you crave cereal for breakfast, this might solve a problem for you. Um, and it actually is a low carb keto cereal. So I think it could work for those of you who really miss having cereal for breakfast. But again, there's a lot of different suggestions, options, and a couple of recipes in this uh, step two breakfast guide. So make sure you head over to thatorganicmom.com and download Make the Most of Breakfast for free and get started making the most of mornings. And so you will power through your day with more energy and stamina and just completely skip the afternoon slump. And that's it for today. So thanks for listening and make sure you go over and check out the show notes and download your free copy of my step two breakfast guide, make the most out of breakfast until next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.